What's up, guys? It's Bradley with the Insurance Guys Podcast. Hey, look, recently I actually got two more days out of my month. If you know me and you know how tight my schedule is, me getting two more days is huge. And I'm going to tell you how I did that. I did that with CoverDesk. Guys, this is not a testimonial, even though they are a sponsor. It's not a testimonial. It's not a made-up story. This is a real-life story. Me as a new agency owner, obviously, my business organization chart, I fill 80% of the seats, right? Well, one of the things that I do because I wanted to make sure that my people get paid right is I reconcile all my commission statements for all my carriers. And literally, guys, when it comes around payroll time, it takes two whole days for me to reconcile for the agency and reconcile for my agents. And I recently trained my cover desk virtual assistant on how to reconcile the agency commissions for my management system, which I'll say is not a popular management system. It's a newer management system. And I was able to train her how to do that. Literally, guys and gals, it bought me two extra days in the month. I could get two more days of production, get two more days with my family. Think about what you could get from two days. That's what this service from CoverDesk has provided me. Give CoverDesk a call or head over to www.coverdesk.com. Thanks. Insurance agents from around the world, welcome to the Insurance Guys Podcast. My name is Scott Howell, your fearless host and leader, insurance agency owner and insurance evangelist for iProtect Insurance and Financial Services, based out of Huntsville, Alabama. And before we get started on today's episode, please help me welcome, he is a six foot three sophomore from Sarah Land, Alabama, parade first team All-American rivals, five-star recruit. He is a fantastic insurance agent and a great American. Ladies and gentlemen, please stand and welcome the incomparable Mr. Bradley Flowers. How are you, Bradley? Great, Scott. How are you? I am extremely excited that my one of my very best friends in the entire world, a guy named Bradley Flowers, missed a Category 4 hurricane today in the Gulf Coast. You are You are not the only person excited about that. I am excited that you are not having to deal with – well, first of all, we wouldn't be podcasting right now, right? I mean, that would probably negate the old uh, podcast today. We might, we might have been, but there would be a storm, for lack of a better analogy, right afterwards, but probably not. I got a question for you. Category 4 hurricane barreling towards Mobile, you know, going to hit, going to hit. How, how does Bradley Flowers, with his technology genius, how do you reach out to your clients to talk about claims and, you know, how to get in touch with you and all that? What would you do? So I, I've been thinking about that a lot the last couple of days. My anxiety a week ago today was through the roof because I, I have no problem handling a bunch of claims. I've been through hurricanes before, nothing this bad, but I've been through hurricanes, obviously being down here. I used to be in a claims office. A lot of people don't know that. Um, when I started at Alpha, I was in, I was an agent, but I was in the claims office. So I fielded probably a thousand plus claims calls in my career. So I've dealt with that. What I was dreading the most because we're still a startup and we're in startup mode, our customers are going to be taken care of. I know that. What I was dreading the most was the tightening up and the knee jerk reaction from the carriers the market's already getting very hard as everybody listening to this knows. And I was dreading that piece of it. But that being said, probably would have a few automated texts going out like we always do. Probably doing the whole Ariel Rivera uh, disposable cell phone idea. I thought that was a great idea. Be forwarding my calls to that. I would have my map of my insureds, as we talked about before, pulled up 
That way, once the damage is done, I know where everything is. And beyond that, really kind of checking up with everybody and making sure they're okay. And I built out, as you know, Scott, and maybe this is what you're getting at, I built out our entire claims process over the weekend uh, with flow charts and videos and things like that. That way my team knew exactly. And actually, you don't know this, but like I came into work Monday at Sunday night prepared for like for D-Day. We had a, so we had a, a team meeting on Monday morning, which they're never Monday morning, they're Tuesday. Mm-hmm. And the plan was Monday morning was we're going to go over this claims process in depth. That way everybody's got it down. I want every client to have the same experience. And then I had a call with my VAs too, in case they were to get any of those calls. Right. You know, and I ended up canceling that because when I woke up Monday morning, the thing had turned and it wasn't coming here. So I hope that answers your question. It did. It did. Guys, we've got a very special podcast for you today. We've got a very special guest. A lot of people have been asking where he's at in the industry right now. So we're going to let you know where he's at. And the podcast today, as you know, is we try to help insurance agents every week on every podcast that we have. Learn learn a little something new. Take something back to your shop and be able to use it. And I think today's episode is going to be really good because it's a topic we haven't discussed yet. We're going to talk about the relationship between brokers and agents, retail agents. And we broker a lot of business in our agency, something that we do a lot of. And uh, especially the last two years, it seems like every month we're brokering more and more business. We do a lot of excess and surplus. And I think, uh, I think this guy will be a good guy to talk to about all that. So without further ado, he is originally from Ashtabula, Ohio, and he lives in Streetsboro, Ohio. He's a graduate at Walsh University, and he is married to the beautiful Vanessa, and they have four beautiful babies. He is currently in his new position, the marketing director at RPS. Ladies and gentlemen, for the second time on the Insurance Guys podcast, I give to you Mr. Joey Gingola. How are you, Joey? Scott, kind of thank you for that. Uh, if your research went any deeper than that, I might be a little bit concerned. But for now, I think we're at the I'm I'm okay with that level. Well, I am. And for I those am, of you wondering, we called Joey on the spot and said, "Hey, we're doing a podcast right now." <laughs> Joey, there have, fair, been a, there, there have been a lot of people in the industry that have asked Bradley and I, "What what happened? Where's Joey? We hadn't we hadn't heard to, heard from him, talked to him lately." You want to talk just a little bit about your adventures the past year or so and kind of what brought you to today? Uh, yeah, I mean, that's interesting. Uh, nobody's asked. I mean, I guess maybe a few people asked me, but that's interesting that you, that you guys are hearing about it. But uh, I'm right here. I uh, haven't gone anywhere. Uh, just, I guess, maybe uh, stopped podcasting for a little bit. So um, made my way from Agency Nation to the fine folks over at RPS. And it's a much different you know environment over there than you know where I was kind of coming from. So that was obviously one of my first orders of business was to kind of find a way to get back into that, that game, you know, obviously what you guys are so good at here to, to kind of get back out there. But really it was an opportunity to, uh, you know, we, we all talk about how do we do insurance better? How do we do it faster? How do we do it uh, differently? And it was an opportunity to kind of be at the center of that to where, you know, somebody that is looking to not just put in a cord form online, but really fundamentally change the way that we underwrite business and, and the way that we use technology to do that. So that's kind of what, kind of attracted me to kind of heading over there. And I, I think, you know, what's been going on has just been kind of acclimating to that environment and finally now getting a chance to, to get back out there and, and, and kind of have those conversations in the industry that, that we all like to do. Now your responsibilities with RPS 
some of the things that you just mentioned, are those going to kind of fall on your shoulders to assist them and how to make the, the interface between agents and RPS easier, better, those types of things? Is that something that you guys have thought about? Yeah, I mean, there's there's definitely a big you know push for how do we improve that you know experience. You know, how do we serve the agent better, right? How do we make that the most effective and efficient uh, as possible? And you know, primarily, my goal is to help communicate that. You know, what you know, help communicate that, and ultimately, you know, what what would be most beneficial from the agent's perspective when they're kind of looking to use these tools when they're looking to quote business, what is the reality of it? You know, because when, when you're out of it for so long, you know, you kind of lose touch with what is happening uh, in the agencies, what, what their experiences are and, and kind of bringing that back and making sure that it always kind of is going from, you know, that starting point always and, and making sure that we're, we're, we're really just taking that into mind first. Yeah. One of the things we talk a lot about on this podcast and, and specifically Bradley and I, is we want to do business with companies that want to do business with us. And we need speed. We need efficiency. I think one of the pain points that Bradley and I both have, and Bradley, I'm going to have to get you to jump in here and talk a little bit about this, is, and you see more of this with the excess and surplus. You know, you send a quote in, you got a client that wants something back in two or three days, and that two or three days seems to take two or three weeks, <laughs> or you're – file gets put on the bottom of the pile instead of the top of the pile. And we, we had a situation yesterday with a, a com- competitor of RPS where we needed a quote from a particular excess and surplus company. And the market had been blocked by us with another broker. And, and from another broker, they get in there and they find out through underwriting that that file had been blocked or it'd been blocked for over 30 days and the the broker the underwriter for the broker just hadn't done anything with it never got us quote back basically we were blocking our own market if that makes any sense so speed and efficiency are big bradley and i are both big guy big time you know we want it we want it fast we need it fast sometimes that can't happen but man i tell you when you got it when you got a thirty thousand dollar account hanging out there and two days before a loan closing or something like that it, it can get very, very frustrating. Bradley? Yeah, I just, I think the, I have some pretty strong opinions on this being in an area that's coastal and we have to go excess and surplus a lot, especially on commercial, you know, the whole broker agent relationship, that whole model, in my opinion, and Joey may, may or may not be able to add something to this, needs some innovation. You know, I'm sending an account to a person in a lot of cases, I'm sending it, I'm sending apps to a person who's sending it to a person who's sending it to a person. And there needs to be some expedition there, I think sometimes. And I don't know, I just, I would love to get Joey's thoughts on that, but I just feel like in a lot of cases we're sitting around waiting for stuff in situations that really could easily be avoided. And I have a very good underwriter with all of my brokers uh, with each one, but you know, I mean, we dealt with it recently on an account where, something was sent to a broker on a Wednesday. The broker did not submit it until a Friday. And on Thursday, a competitor submitted it and all the markets were blocked. Yep. You know, and you're dealing with humans. Anytime you're dealing with humans, they're going to have their favorites. They're going to have, you know, they're going to favor agents who are known to close a business versus guys just trying stuff. You know, I don't know. What are your thoughts, Joey? 
Yeah, you know, it's, I think when there's always that human to human process involved, you're going to have, they're going to look at it differently. They're going to, I think the biggest thing that I've kind of come to to experience is it's the size of the deal, right? You know, they're, they're, they're going to have a lot of different things on their plate, right? And just like you, you know, you're going to go with the one that's going to get you the highest commission, you know, you're going to prioritize those, those policies over the ones. So it's, where do you fall in line, right? You know, what's, what's the size of that deal? What, what do they have available to them? And I think, I think that's the challenge, right? How do we democratize that sort of process to where it, it doesn't necessarily need to be down to a human sort of time frame of hours and stuff? And how do we continue to advance that underwriting process to where, you know, you don't maybe even need as, as much information as you once expected. So I think there's, there's a lot of opportunities there to reduce the, the need that kind of comes with that relationship, but at the same time, you know, leverage the points that make sense and, you know, take advantage of them. Uh, versus, you know, having it kind of slow down and get in the way like you guys are talking about. Hey, I'll tell you something else, Bradley. We're spoiled too, right? I mean, we're spoiled in the way that you write a piece of business with a admitted carrier. You get in the system, you know, you got a quote in 20 minutes, right? And you can, you can bind most of the time, a lot of the time. So we get spoiled by this speed thing that you and I both go for. And then you run across something that needs to go excess and surplus, and it's like, Oh shit. Yeah. Because we that, ain't, that ain't happening in 30 minutes. Yeah. We wrote an account two weeks ago, GL and comp. The GL quote was bound in five minutes. The comp quote took 54 hours to come back. There you go. You know, it's just, the, it's the nature of the beast. Yeah. Hey guys, it's Bradley with the Insurance Guys podcast here. I know I'm interrupting your podcast listening experience right now, but I have a very important message for you. No singular individual has done more for the Insurance Guys podcast than the man himself, Mr. Chris Paradiso. And as you may or may not know, uh, Chris releases a magazine once a year called Be the Last Agent Standing that is a phenomenal resource for the industry. Guys, you do not, I repeat, you do not want to miss this year's issue. It features some fantastic articles from people like Ryan Hanley, Bob McCool, and even myself. And if you want to get your hands on a copy before they're all gone, text the word magazine to 251-237-9383. That's 251-237-9383. We will send you the link to purchase your magazine. Really appreciate it. Thanks. Hey, Joey, I got a question for you that you may or may not know the answer to. Do you know if underwriters for brokers like RPS and some of the other ones that we all know out there, do they get paid just on a salary or do they have bonus structures as well based on business placed with certain carriers or is there any, I I don't know enough about brokers to know how how their pay structure and I, I probably shouldn't be asking this, but I don't know who else to ask. Yeah, it's a good question. Um, you know, I don't know. I'm not as familiar with the underwriters, how they're structured. But again, I know. So you've got the broker, you know, who's going to get it to the underwriter. The brokers basically operates in a, in a very similar fashion as the agent itself, right? So, you know, they're going to have their list of right. clients. They're going to get a you know cut based on on that. So the broker, that relationship, I guess, is probably the one that, you know, kind of is the bridge to, you know, the underwriter. As far as the underwriters kind of structure, I don't know how they are compensated per se, but, you know, I would think of a, of a broker very similar to, you know, the way that an agent looks at a piece of business. So is a, is a underwriter for a, a broker like RPS, 
when they when we send them a quote, okay, get them the application, loss run, supplementals, everything they're looking for. Are they looking at that, or are they just passing that through? Is um, that, are they? No, they would be looking at it. Yeah, they, they would be as well. Okay. Yeah. But and then and then after they look at it and get a flavor for where they feel like it needs to go, then they're taking it to two or three of their carriers to see, you know, who wants it, who's got the best rate, that kind of thing. Right. Yeah. I mean, they've definitely got a handle on the markets where they want to go with it and, and things like that. So that that's kind of the first first stop. If they need anything else, they're going to come back to you. And I know that's the big thing that they push all the time is, you know, the submission, the submission, the submission, right? And, and mm-hmm. having as much information as possible. That's sort of that tug of war, right? You know, the who who's right. You know, they're always asking for more information. You're always trying to get more information. And that's part of the thing that that tends to slow things down. So yeah, they're definitely they're definitely putting their hands on it and making sure that's going where it needs to go. Can I tell you a little secret? Secret time. So I use four major brokers. Well, I don't know if I can talk about who the others are, but RPS is one of those. And just like selling an insurance policy to a client or prospect, I have some brokers that I have the marketing manager's cell phone number on speed dial if I need something. RPS is one of the four that I don't even know who my marketing manager is. Like if I had a risk, let's say in a trucking Same. risk, huh? What'd you Same. say? Brad? Yeah. I don't, I don't know who the manager is. Same. Yeah. So, so, you know, just like insurance, if I've got a better relationship with a marketing manager from, let's just say Genesee, another broker out there, you know, I know I can pick up the phone, call her. She may not answer, but she'll call me back. You know, I'm just throwing that out there because that may be something that you guys want to look at in terms of uh, RPS figuring that puzzle out of how, how do we get somebody out there to, to reach out to these agents that are sending us business so we stay front of mind. Yeah, you know, it's definitely a challenge. And I think with, with RPS, there's definitely different lines or different areas of the business where, you know, you've got transportation, you've got property, you've got casualty, and they all kind of operate a little bit differently, much like, you know, sort of every independent agency. Right. And I, I think that's, that's one of the things of, of, you know, eventually streamlining that a little bit, that communication approach. Uh, you know, personally, I, the, you know, one of the things that I'm excited about is, is the ability to, in a lot of cases, try to limit that interaction, you know, where, uh, it, you have the direct access to quoting and binding those policies mm. yourself in a lot of ways, right? Um, doing it with much fewer questions and, and, and having it done, not in even, you know, minutes we're talking, you know, uh, I guess not even in hours we're talking minutes. Right. So I think that's, that, that's, that's an opportunity that is, is, is kind of the spirit of the, you know, the e-commerce as we call it here department at RPS. And that's kind of more, more the area that I play in. Is is how do we leverage that technology to take the the business that is willing and able to be underwritten in a different way and kind of speed up that process and put it directly in your hands? Yeah, I got great news for you guys at RPS and all these other brokers out there. The more of these significant weather events we have, <laughs> the more these admitted carriers are going to be like, nope, <laughs> don't want it. Take it to yep. excess and surplus. Yep. I mean, exactly we had right. a guy we, we had a guy call this morning, one of our clients, and he said, "When is this? When is this going to lighten up? I mean, when when are the when are these you know hard markets?" And and I said, "Shit, 
you going to ask me that while well, we got a Category 4 hurricane barreling down on Houston and <laughs> half of California under wildfire warnings right now? And, 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 you know, probably not the best time to be asking that question. But, I, you know, as these major weather events continue to happen over and over and over and over again, it seems like there's going to be more and more opportunities for brokers who are, you know, these excess and surplus guys like you guys are going to have more and more opportunities because companies are going to be like, nope, not right in there. Nope, not right in there. Well, yeah, that's a good point. I, I would, I would kind of, I'd be curious to like, get your guys' thoughts because as the, like you said, as the standard markets just continue to say no, I mean, at some point, are they going to eventually either have to adjust the way that they look at business or because, I mean, we'll, we'll gladly take it, but you know, I mean, at some point they're, you know, they're going to be sending, you would say an overwhelming majority. So I, I'm curious as to what you guys think that maybe threshold is and, and are we coming close to approaching it? Well, I, I can't speak for Bradley, but I mean, he's on the coast. So, you know, in my insurance career, the Mendoza line, to use a baseball reference, has always been I-10. I-10, which is around yeah, the Foley. The wind stops blowing at I-10. Yeah, the wind stops blowing at I-10. That's hilarious. But, uh, you know, anything south of the I-10 corridor, hell, I guess going all the way across the southeast, you know, it's got to go excess and surplus most of the time, especially if it's a commercial account. A lot, a lot of insure, insurance carriers that are admitted won't, won't write. Uh, Bradley probably sees more about more of that stuff than I do. Yeah. Well, you know, and we've recently, um, as many of you guys know, have jumped on the Tarmica platform and they've got a lot of, you know, blue blooded carriers on there, which we're writing some business through, but most, most of your, your traditional carriers that we all know, Mobile and Baldwin County, which are the two, the two counties that I'm really focused in. And just so you kind of know, as Scott said, the Mendoza line is probably, if you go from the bottom of the counties up, the bottom third is below I-10 and the rest of it's north of I-10. So really commercial wise, it's the entire two counties. I can't write wind coverage through one of your traditional travelers, Liberty, Markel, CNA, Chubb. I don't write wind with any of those in either of these two counties, no matter how far north it is. And uh, my office is about 52 miles from the coast in a straight line. So you're dealing with excess and surplus. You know, in a lot of cases, we're doing X wind property and putting the, we, we actually put a lot of wind only or some wind only through RPS. They have a, a decent program for wind only. Um, so you're dealing with that a lot down here. I mean, property is a big, you know, and we have a few carriers, you know, a tune is one that'll do wind on a bop, but it has to fit about 52 different <laughs> metrics before they'll take it. I think Cincinnati still does, still does wind. Um, and auto owners does. Those are the only three that I really know that'll do wind. That's not conditional. You know what I mean? Like Liberty will do, Liberty will do wind. If you're more than so many miles from the coast, it's a masonry, non-combustible building. Uh, the person's blow type, blood type is a positive and uh, among other things. Yeah. I think to answer Joey's question about my thoughts on that, you've got two, you've got two, options there if you're a standard admitted carrier the same companies we all know and bradley just mentioned some of them you can either decide that all right we're going to write business in just these states where our actuaries tell us that the chances of having a, a major weather event or a catastrophic event are, are marginalized they're minimized 
and that's just where we're going to write, which, which, you know, if you drew a, I guess a circle around the United States kind of limits you to the, the center of the country, starting somewhere like middle of Alabama and going up into Kentucky and around over to Indiana and places like that. Or they could dive off into, uh, you know, having a, a separate division of their company that was more non-standard focused uh, and, and just hope that their premium rates were high enough to cover losses. Uh, that, 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 that would be option two. So one, one of those two things is going to have to happen because, I mean, we just seem to keep having these weather events that are going to keep knocking standard companies back further and further from riding business in particular areas. And I think too, Scott, what you're going to have, and we, we alluded to this in a, in an episode earlier, earlier is, you know, you're going to have some of these newer insure tech type carriers that are going to emerge and kind of get things right. You know, we all know some of the ones that have came in and two years later, you really don't hear from them much, or there's a 42,000% loss ratio, you know, eventually, you know, Michael Jordan used to be the man. He didn't play anymore. You know, right. eventually there's going to be some more carriers that come in like in a tune that becomes the next travelers or something of that nature. You know, I think, I think you're going to have some of that with some of these carriers pulling back, but then you have the flip side of it is a lot of them are using the same reinsurers too. So you got that playing in there as well. Right. You know? Joey, tell me where are your thoughts, you at? Joey? Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, I, I think one of the biggest hurdles in a lot of this is the, the ability to communicate just like the actual economics of insurance, right? It's, you know, is the market just going to need a kind of a recalibration as to what insurance costs, right? And and I think that's what, you know, I think holds a lot of the standard carriers back is of what they can actually charge for this. And they don't want to charge what they would charge to have to make it profitable. So, uh, you know, I, I definitely like the idea of that, of the being flexible, being nimble on the, you know, the ENS kind of surplus line side of things to be able to out there, take the chances, and then, you know, kind of, uh, you know, combine that with, you know, technology that makes it, uh, you know, more accessible. Um, but it's figuring that out, right? I think we're all kind of, as, as we deal with, you know, whether that has never really been experienced before, uh, it's anyone's guess. But I think you're right. I, th- I think there will be, there will be other players that, that kind of come up, but I think it's going to be a little bit longer than any one of us want to admit. Yeah. Hey, Joey, tell me where you guys shine at RPS. What, and I don't know how long you've been in that position to know, but what are your big heavy hitters there in terms of business classes that you guys really shine in? That's a, that's a good question. Scott's a little outside my pay grade, but um, you know, I, I can tell you from again, the area that I am focused on kind of dealing with on a day to day is, is that professional uh, liability, the professional services coverages, cyber DNO, EPLI, that kind of stuff. Those are the, those are the policies that we are trying to kind of break down that barrier of and, and, and quote within a couple of minutes. Um, so really strong in that department. Cyber overall, whether it's you know quoted fast or not, I know we're you know kind of pushing the industry. But again, I mean the company is just um, it, it's pretty massive. So there's there's a lot of opportunity. Um, Transportation is pretty strong. Uh, I know some of the folks over in that department, and they do a really good job over there. And then you know we we kind of have some bigger buckets of you know work comp, uh, and then some just general ones of just property and casualty on that. You know the you know as, as you're talking sort of wind and stuff. But you know RPS kind of goes across the board. It's been around a while. I've had a chance to, like I said, you know, kind of meet and get to know some of the folks, you know, leading those areas. And um, again, I haven't, I can't say that I've submitted any business to them to know firsthand, but um, I, I know they definitely know what's going on and, um, and I've heard a lot of good things. Well, man, I appreciate you being on the show today. Uh, Bradley, you got any other questions for him? 
man, we need to have you on again. We need to do this more often. We need to make this a regular thing. Regular and, thing. And All also, right. are you surprising people on your RPS podcast? Am is I it, surprising? Is it, is it a surprise pod? Yeah, is it a surprise oh, no, that, podcast? I'm out, a phone I, call. I'm, that, out of, I'm out of that business, uh, at least for now. As much as I as much as I enjoyed it, um, I'm pretty sure that that's not going to fly. So yeah, I, I haven't I haven't randomly called anybody up lately to to do a podcast, which I'm sure you're very sad sad for, Bradley. Yeah, I know. But Joey and I had an hour long phone conversation one day. And then the next day called me back. It's like, Hey, you don't know this, but I was recording our call yesterday and uh, it's going to be a podcast. And then called me back 30 minutes later and said, Hey, I realized I was actually not recording the phone call yesterday. (laughs) Can we redo it? You remember that? I do remember that. And I remember I got a new pair of headphones that were Bluetooth. And then when I used the Bluetooth headphones, it cut out my microphone and I'm an idiot. And so that's what happened. Oh, wait, listen, you're, you're talking to the choir now. We're always having technical oh, gosh. issues and podcasts having to be re-recorded and at least the start of people only oh. knew. Oh, I know. I know. Yeah. I, I, I'm certainly glad we've gotten to the point where we are, but we still, from time to time, it'll be like, oh my gosh, what did we do? We screwed that up. I, we did one the other day and we were running for about 10 minutes and all of a sudden, I looked up at the Zoom screen, and Bradley's eyes got the size of a, a plate, a supper plate. And uh, as soon as I saw his eyes, plate. he didn't even—he didn't even have to say anything. As soon as I saw his eyes, Joey, I—I I thought to myself, he forgot to hit record. And we'd been going for like well, ten or fifteen what, minutes. Well, you know what it was—is on my computer. When when I zoom on my computer, it's automatically recording. It records every single Zoom call I do. And then once we're done, I can choose to not download the video. So I'm not used to have it. And I was on Johnny's computer that day, our producer, Johnny. So I forgot to press record. But what was bad about that, man, is this last podcasting session we did just absolutely wore me out, killed me. And that was the last one. And I was trying to get – and I had started – I'd started a new diet like that week. So I had zero energy, headache, couldn't drink alcohol at the end of the day. And I was just trying to get to the end of that marathon. And we're in that last show. And we were about 15 minutes in. It was longer than 10. I mean, we were we were past the intro, past the DeLorean. We were into the, the meat of the episode. And I was like, oh, you've got to be kidding me. You've got to be kidding me. <laughs> Um, so anyway, but Joey, man, I really appreciate you coming on, dude. What, what Scott doesn't know and what the listeners don't know is Joey's about to head to vacation right now. We got yeah, the last uh, thing he's doing before he gives them four, vacation. Four kids are probably already strapped into, into the car. So I'll be interesting to see what kind of scene I uh, get out to depending on how long they've been in there. So, oh, wow. All right. Well, guys, he's I'm like, gonna... guys, can we go a little bit longer? <laughs> yeah. Let's just, uh, what's going on down there. I mean, I'm sure you guys are having great. We'll just extend this a little bit longer. It'll be fun. <laughs> guys, we appreciate all of you for listening to our show. If you like it, if you love it, if you don't like it, you know, leave us a comment, subscribe, tell your friends about it. We, uh, we appreciate everybody so much listening to the show and, and, uh, you guys mean a lot to us. And, uh, you know, I know that sometimes I take a little while to get back to some of you, but I do 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 my best to try to get back with each and every one of you. And I know Bradley does a much better job of that than I do, but remember what I always tell you guys, rewards come from action, not discussion. Get your ass out from behind that desk today and go out into the big bad world and sell insurance. Make money for your family. 
figure out what your why is. Go help your your parents who are struggling. Go put money in your kid's college fund and, and write good business for the agencies that you represent and write good business for the companies that you represent. Bradley Flowers, I love you. Thanks, buddy. Hey, guys, you are listening to the Insurance Guys podcast, and we'll see you back here real soon. Take care. Thanks for listening to the Insurance Guys podcast. If you need to know more about me or you need to get in touch with Scott, you can always reach me at theinsuranceguyonline.com or email me at iprotectins at gmail.com. And if you need to get in touch with Mr. Bradley Flowers, go to bradleyflowersinsurance.com or email him at bradley at sarahlandinsurance.com. Guys, we love you. Thank you so much for listening. We look forward to being with you again real soon on the next episode of the Insurance Guys. Take care.